Good evening, good, good afternoon, or wherever you happen to be, good day. This evening's Dharma talk is titled Deeper Causality. Deeper Causality, cause and effect. This causes that. This, moving through the air, causes that. Cause, cause, effect. Um, the cause and effect because uh, another cause is because. Because we need to know what, who did what, who's responsible, who caused it, what caused it, how did it happen, and uh, what did they cause, what happened, what did occur, what is the outcome of that movement through space over to that, that circular bowl-shaped piece of steel. And what I want to talk about a little bit here, and I'm happy to take uh, questions. Questions actually will bring this more into view, into focus than just my commentary. Um, anything I have to say about the Dharma has helped a great deal by your questions. So please don't hesitate. In a few minutes, please uh, ask questions. So deeper, I just mean to point out that aspect of causality that is ignored because we want a result. We want to know who. Who did that? Who's to blame? Who's, who gets credit? Who's to blame? So the, the if you've studied the Buddha Dharma, you know that there is a, a saying, a slogan that it says that uh, all dharmas, dharmas meaning dharma is a Sanskrit word that means truth. All dharmas are without blame. So they're also without, uh, without credit. Uh, they're, not, they're not to blame. There's no dharma that, is, uh, that has any kind of direct cause and effect. It sure the hell looks that way. And as we are being people and uh, an apparent singularity and functioning as a singularity, as a, a human form with the six sense fields and their objects and uh, the five skandhas form, feeling, perception, concept of the thinking process, the logic and the six sense fields and their objects, very simply. These skandhas uh, or translate that word skanda as a heap or a grouping and those five heaps get together hang hang on to hands and pull on each other and reinforce each other to convince us that we are somebody someone somewhere at some time in some place who is the subject of effects and is the cause of effects we accomplish this we get a degree we get a graduate degree we have children there are children. The children aren't the children's children. There are children. There are property, so to speak, at least for a time. And so the deeper causality, uh, I'm going to, this might sound a little bit simple-minded, but I need to do it this way because if I start out very simple, then I want to say you need to uh, uh, multiply this. You need to bring it to whatever you mathematicians would bring it to the hundredth power thousands power is when you take this uh, kotsu, this uh, nyoi, and bring it across through space and it strikes this bell, this bell. You think it's this bell? Why does it sound like that? It's not that bell. It's a different bell. But what am I saying? 
this striking that can't happen unless somebody has to make this. It has to be extracted from the inside of a, a huge plant we call it a tree. And then it's formed, then it's shaped. And then someone makes that gong or bell, which happened in uh, Vermontville, Michigan. That's a big lie, by the way. I have no idea where it was made. But then the other thing we quite often miss is who made this? Because without this hand moving this through space, that cause and that effect will not come about. Everything is dependently originated. This is called, uh, what's the fancy word? Pratitya Samutpada is the Sanskrit, I believe, unless I've got it wrong, which I could have. I get a lot of things wrong. So the deeper level of this means that no one really gets credit for anything and no one really gets blame to blame for anything. This does not mean that you don't have responsibility here as a human being in the middle of this huge uh, uh, landscape. Of course you do. You're, you're, are, you are not to blame for anything. You don't get credit for anything, but you're responsible for everything. So you need to take care of everything as it shows up in the line of dependent origination, as it shows up in your house, in your hand, in your eyesight, in your ears, as it shows up, respond to that. The ability to respond. We're not talking about uh, responsibility the way I use it is not about blaming somebody. Often, it, well, you're responsible. Who's responsible for that? That's a misunderstanding because it it is a loaded word that sounds like somebody is, is to blame. Misunderstanding. And it's such a, an incredible misunderstanding that most of the world is operating out of that misunderstanding, that some people get credit, some people get blame. So I'll just give you, I'll just create a little story here that might be helpful. Long time ago, years ago, I met, uh, uh, I used to teach in, uh, in prisons, I teach meditation and Buddhism. <laughs> I'd still do that if weren't for the virus. <clears throat> a few other students of mine also teach in prisons went and teach meditation. There was a fellow I met there many years ago, maybe 10 years ago. And he uh, uh, he was in prison because of breaking a law, robbing something or someplace. But he was his mother and his father, not ones that he selected, were, uh, were addicts. They were addicted to crack and they had no home life. He had no family life. They did the best they could with uh, trying to look through their their um, uh, difficulty with their drug situation. And so he needed some kind of a family, some kind of friendship. So he joined a gang and the gang uh, eventually went and robbed and killed someone. And so, but I'm saying cause and effect. You can't, I mean, you could say, well, it's his fault. Or you could even say, well, it's his parents' fault. But we don't know what they went through. We don't know what kind of upbringing they had. And not only the upbringing in current, time and place for anything or anyone or anybody, but also the hidden, the deeper, which is what I wanted to talk about somewhat here. And I'm, I'm, you ask me the questions, there isn't anywhere I won't go. You can't ask me a question about something that I can't comment on, even if all I say is damned if I know, but I will comment on it. And I want you to do that. I want you to help me, help me. We do this as a mutual thing. It might look like you don't know anything and I, I know stuff. I don't know anything, and you know stuff. And that's the problem. You think you know stuff, and I know I don't know anything. Reflect on that a little bit. 
might sound like I'm a little proud of that. Maybe I am. Or maybe you're projecting your own pride onto me because the only way you can see your own pride is to by projecting it onto somebody. No one's to blame. No one gets credit. But everyone's responsible. There isn't a thing that's going on anywhere that isn't your direct responsibility. If you don't understand, you could ask questions. But before you do that, I want to say that this deeper, deeper cause and effect goes beyond this physical form. When I say beyond, it's not really going anywhere. It just goes deeper. Before this body-mind came up, uh, who you actually are has always been present. It can't disappear because it hasn't appeared. There is not uh, an objective present that comes and goes. It's not something that comes into being. If something doesn't come into being, it can't pass out of being. And who you are doesn't come into being. The body does, and the consciousness uh, adheres or combines with that or joins in with that so that it can animate in an apparent what? Illusion. What, do we call, what is that illusion? Three dimensions. Three-dimensional. Well, this is because we're so used to it, because I can reach over here and pick up the striker. I can pick up the gong. I can put it back. I can get up and leave the room. I can do all kinds of things. And that gives us the illusion that there's someone somewhere doing something because of the alignment with the consciousness that is operating through the six sense fields and their objects through sense of touch, sense of taste, sense of hearing, sense of smell, sense of seeing, sense of thinking. This is an incredible illusion. And why Why is it uh, so convincing? Because that's so damn, it seems it's so solid. I mean, it's here. We're here. We're here. But when you go to sleep at night, you go into a dream world, which also seems very solid. But it's only relatively so. This, as it says, the Tibetans say, the dream you have at night is the the sample dream, it's, a, it's what shows you what a dream is, unreal. It's an unreal illusion. And the dream you have, uh, and that dream uh, you have at night is a sample dream that, that points to you that this, when you wake up, this is a real dream. This is the actual dream. That one you have at night is just a sample, just gives you an example of how a dream works. It looks real, but it's not. This looks real, but it's not. That doesn't mean that the dream didn't exist. It existed in a certain dimension, but that's gone. And now this exists in a certain dimension. This will be gone. You know what that's called? It's called death. Death comes without warning. I don't mean to be nihilistic or to uh, ruin day particularly. But the deeper quality of culpability or the deeper quality of causality isn't just uh, limited to it also happens in dreams and it also happens before this body mind complex of mine or of yours came into being in my case uh, close to 80 years ago in your your case uh, maybe 25 or 30 years ago whatever age you are and it won't last it's coming up it's here you have a name uh, you have a particular level of intelligence, you're really, really intellectual, or you're very, very intuitive, or you have a little bit of intuition that always gets confused with your intellect, so you have these little interior arguments with yourself. Am I making fun of you? Kind of. I get to do that. 
So what fundamental am I pointing out? I'm trying to say, don't jump. When I say jump, uh, I'm just saying don't. Uh, I'm saying don't jump, I guess. Don't jump to conclusions. Uh, as soon as you conclude anything, and uh, there's plenty of room for questions around this. As soon as you conclude anything, this is what happens to your, your investigation intelligence. It shuts down. It's called ignorance. Ignorance form. Ignorance, ignorance is what is happening, and formation is ignorance form. And the form is your opinion, your idea, your conclusion about that. You actually stop looking at that because if you look at that, you look at anything, it never holds still long enough for you to conclude anything. And that's uh, uncomfortable for the ego mind, the self-centered mind, the narcissistic mind, the mind that is concluding that it is someone. That's the basic, the basic misunderstanding is you think, I'm not accusing you of anything, you could dispute this. But it looks like you think that you're a solid being who does this, doesn't do that, likes this, doesn't like that. And we, we tend to buy into that solidity because it gives us a feeling of uh, artificial, as it is, of security. We grasp our children. We grasp our family. We grasp our career. We grasp our Dharma books, for that matter. We grasp our, we, we hang on to things. And this is why I say over and over again, I'm saying it again now, you don't need to let go of anything. You just need to see the, what you're hanging on to. If you see what you're hanging on to, uh, you might have to look at that clutched uh, aspect of the mind for quite a while before it starts to collapse or come apart or relax. So the dependent origination, the, the causality that happens uh, from here to there is very simple. And this and the self-centered mind is operating on that, basically. This happens, that happened. Who did this? Who caused that? I caused this. You caused that. Who did that? So when someone, like that was the example I was used of the young man who was imprisoned when he was 14 for being in a gang and being part of a robbery, you know, uh, I'm not saying that there wasn't some culpability, of course, but not to go to prison for 40 years. It was uh, difficult to to talk to this young man and a, a little added uh, aspect of it. He was black and was from Detroit, but the, the difficulty that, that we don't take care of each other, that we don't, we, we immediately, we want some kind of positionality, some kind of security that we're a person who wouldn't do such a thing. So therefore we're going to lock that person up. Society is flooded with this kind of thing. As we know, I'm not pointing out one specific thing that's happened. It's all over. Praise and blame, praise and blame. Nobody gets credit. But if, you, if you're born and when you're uh, 16 years old, suddenly you're just, you know, you studied violin and you, now you can play uh, uh, Mozart on the violin. And other people study for years and years and uh, can't play anything. And that doesn't mean that you're a wonderful person who, who, uh, who accomplished that. No, you're born that way. I'm not saying you might not have to practice, of course. I mean, even Rumi has to practice the piano. Pay piano. That's a sign of a musician when somebody two years old says, pay piano. <laughs> so again, I'm asking you or suggesting that you 
you completely don't think about any of it, but don't think about cause and effect in it or this cause that, of course, we want to do that, but be, be quite uh, tentative or circumspect before you lock down on blaming anything for anything, for any, anyone for anything or any one situation. Quite often, it's much more complicated than that. The very, the very, uh, when you get up in the morning, possibly you might get up and feel out of sorts, or maybe even to the point where you might use the common uh, reference there as depressed. Stop naming things. I'm saying if you go to the doctor and they ask you how you're doing, you might have to use a, a common word. But the less you can label things and the more you can see what you're about to put a label on top of, you begin to see the texture of what that is. And then there's some possibility, painful as that may be, of actually understanding what the dependent origination uh, experience that is still in the form of texture or a label or judgment caused by this or caused by that, or I'm not getting enough water, I, I need more vitamin D. I'm not saying this isn't true. Maybe it may be true, but you could start out with just the texture itself. Stay with the, with the initial First, as Trungpa Rinpoche used to say, first thought, best thought. The first thing that rises up is probably pretty close to the source material of what that fundamental, uh, 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 the essence of that situation, it's closer to that. Might not be that. There might be a lot more elaborations going on in terms of uh, deeper uh, causation happened from how you were treated when you were 14 and so on. There's, there's, there's so much that we, we don't know in terms of just general information, but there's even more that we don't know as far as what this is. What is this human experience? Is it an experience? Is there an experiencer? Again, is this an experience? Is there someone experiencing this? Find out. The main issue is mistaken identity as I understand it from studying the Buddha's Dharma for a number of years and uh, training the mind to see more clearly, not to think more clearly, just to see what this is fundamentally. So if you have some questions, uh, I'd be happy to respond or I can just keep chattering away. Chazan, go ahead. Um, can we look at deeper causality without it being a speculative practice that's a good question and i would think uh i would keep the speculation if it rises spont arises spontaneously out of you're looking at something and some kind of speculation comes up you include that also but don't build on it into some kind of scientific uh modality where you're trying to get a particular kind of truth so let the speculation come up but don't fuel it in other words don't perpetuate that or keep that going like, like a like a uh, detective at a crime scene would be looking for certain kinds of things. And it's not that that's not relatively accurate or correct. But what we're talking about here is the nature of things that uh, actually go beyond the physical, uh, uh, physical uh, uh, particularity. Go ahead, please. If you have more. How can we look at those... Um those deeper causes when they're not apparent or when they're not showing up as phenomena. Bowing. So this is why the sitting practice of meditation, Shikantaza, 
that's where this comes in. And there will be times when there's just much happening other than you're just endeavoring. Your intention is to observe. And sometimes uh, there's not much to see. What you might be observing is that there's not much showing up. It might look like just a white wall or it might look like uh, or you might feel like you've uh, lost consciousness for a little while since there's no no particular uh, movement in the consciousness. Am I going the direction that your question or? She's unbowing. Can the the striker connecting with the gong be the deeper causality? Yes. Can be. Is there a deeper causality beyond what we can perceive through the sense fields that we could actually work with directly? I think it's possible. Don't stop there. I don't know how to go into that because it does interact with the bowing. I'll just continue. Uh, you, you you don't have to pack uh, a pack of lunch. I mean, you don't have to do something for prep to go somewhere else. It's it's right in front of you. What you're looking for, and you've heard me say this probably dozens of times, if not hundreds. What you're looking for, you're looking at. Your heart's desire is always in front of you. Just to put it simply, if we were to use, for example, maybe something more personal, like an emotion that's arising, and we're trying to, or we are, or we're working with that in our practice, um, the shallow, the shallow part's pretty obvious. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm angry because of this. What is, what is the deeper causality <clears throat> of that anger that we could bring into our practice? If you're the way you're asking me, I would say it is it is the anger. The texture of the anger is just below your ideas about the anger. But in order to see the texture of the anger, you can't go into it conceptually. You have to don't negate it. This is why I say over and over again, whatever's moving look at it. And if it holds still, you can still look at it. Because if it, if it starts to hold still, then it's about to go away. It's about to dissolve or morph into some other situation. So whatever's showing up uh, is, if you if you if you agree with it, it hangs around. If you dispute it, it it hangs around, and if you ignore it, it tends to hang around because it's dependently risen, and so you're actually adding to the to the activity of it to to keep it uh, give it some longevity. Whereas if you don't do anything with it, it begins to collapse. The ego mind, the self-centered mind, does not like that. The ego mind, the self-centered mind, needs to know something about something. We need to know I'm here and, and I'm, we, we don't like that, uh, that empty open dimension where there, where we don't have a reference point that supports us as an individual entity uh, in a, in a particular form in a lifetime with fingertips and eyes and ears, nose, tongue, body, mind. We don't like that feeling of not being any, anyone, anyone in particular. It's too open. It's too spacious. We get, what's the common word for that? Uh, open fear of open spaces, agoraphobia. We get, we, we're afraid of all, there's just too much room. So we want something. We'd rather have fear than, than have that just be an open uh, dimension. So going back to your question, I would say whatever shows up, whatever shows up is, uh, I'm going to say the very thing it is, could be a concept about what it's covering up, the label. Like if you, simple example example is if you wake up in the morning and you're, you feel 
you feel bad, you feel depressed, you have a negative kind of uh, overlay or clouds in your mind stream that are just not not good. They don't feel so good. Um, and but what we do is we we find a word that fits that, like depression or anxiety, possibly if it's more active than just flat depression. And that gives us a little bit of gives us some distance from it. It might not show up as distance, but it, well, at least we know what it is. We have a reference point. As soon as you have that reference point, that naming, that uh, that kind of picking and choosing around it, it sets up a structure that gives you the illusion. Insofar as there's a self, an ego, or a belief in a solid being, it gives you artificial, temporary, pretty temporary protection from that. Not a lot, but enough so that you'll take it. I'll take that protection. I don't have much, but it gives me a little bit of space, a little bit of distance from the incredible um, um, immediacy of that feeling. And what's being said here from the point of view of uh, the uh, teachings on, uh, on awareness, uh, basic uh, teaching of encouraging you or me or anyone to go down into whatever is showing up. And so it takes some um, some courage. It takes some some um, um, intention I, uh, that you uh, to put it in words. I would say I want to see what this is, no matter how much it hurts. I want to see what this is, no matter how scary it is. You may you might not be able to do it this week, but if you have an intention to do that and you continue to return to the awareness that can see deeply into this, which is your natural uh, um, Buddha nature. If you want to see that, then this is as possible. It just takes intention. It takes repetition and it takes uh, a kind of stubbornness to you're going to do this. You're not, you're not going to give up. You're going to find out what this is. You're going to find out who this is and what this is fundamentally, not just a name like some old man and a group of people and on zoom and a, a room full of books and, Incense smoke. You're going to find out fundamentally what it is. And I can tell you in a couple of words what it is, but I want you to discover this. It is not separate. There isn't, there isn't a separate thing anywhere. I see this. You can see this. If you're interested. If you're not, then there's lots of other stuff to do. You could learn to play the lute. Or the, is there, is there an instrument called a Pasquale? You're asking me? Yeah. Isn't Carl on there? Is Carl on there somewhere? Well, I know there isn't because I just made that up. You might say, why would you do such a thing? Yes, go ahead. Uno. Uno bowing. So you said um, we're responsible for everything? Yes. Even what about last Wednesday with the uprising in our capital? We're, we're responsible for all of that. You're not to blame for it. That's an individual they caught. We know who does, who's to blame for all of that. We can easy to locate that. But we're responsible for that. We have to respond. We have to respond to everything. And how you respond is depend is dependent upon how this all appears to you. And it's possible to do this uh, uh, without singularity without picking out one particular thing that is right and one particular thing that is wrong. It's possible to respond to this, seeing seeing the dependent origination and actually see that there's no one to blame for that. 
There's no individual, no matter how horrible one particular person seems to be, or several seem seem to be. There's no one's responsible. If we go that direction, then we have what? More warfare. Then this whole thing goes down into the shadows, and then uh, three years, eight years, 15 years, 25 years, come back out again into the light. And then we have that to deal with again, and it's called samsara, the constant wheel of life and death and life and death. You can transcend that. This old man, you're probably ready to hear this. Whether you will or not, I don't know. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But you, I don't think it will just happen to you. You won't just suddenly awaken. There have been a few people in history that apparently have just been spontaneous realizers, suddenly realize their true nature. And usually if you realize your true nature without any discipline, it will probably freak you out like it has some people. But if you have some kind of a basis for it, then seeing your true nature, which can be quite scary to the ego. If you do it over a long period of time, it might be more workable for you. Further question, Anya? When you're bowing, sometimes I it gives me a feeling of despair. Yeah, it, that's not not inappropriate. It is it is sad. People suffering so much. Yeah, I understand that. But as far as this is to blame for that, it's dependent origin. That uh, dependently arisen. There's so many causes and conditions that show up that support situation that shows up as the terrible things that have been happening in the last few days. So what would be that deeper causality oh. of, of what occurred today in our country or last Wednesday? Where you can't trace them. The, the, any particular thing that occurs, even this, you'd have to, in order to find out the cause of this, you'd have to find out where this came from, who made this, what that happened there, where these hands came from. I'm using that as a simple, kind of a simple-minded example of cause and effect that is very deep. Not only that, but then there's all the depth uh, to to this uh, person who's been around for quite a number of decades, and all the things that, that this person has been through to end up in this room, to end up here, to end up on a this kind of technology where I'm we're talking to you know a couple dozen people. The the causes and conditions there are untraceable. You cannot find the first source for anything. The, the idea that there is a source for some, something, for any one thing, is an illusion. Anytime you find any source, you're ignoring all the rest of them. But the ego mind so much wants to have control of its life, of her life, his life, their life, that it will settle for, for a limited blame. Well, it's because of this. Well, you know why you're doing that, don't you? You're doing that because of what she said, or you know why you're feeling this way. And this is why uh, in the way that I teach uh, uh, education in terms of the Dharma as no tests, nobody's tested. Uh, testing people is a misunderstanding of education. It's a horrible thing to do to young people, let alone old people, is to, is to treat them all the same and make sure that everybody can remember everything they were taught. This is just... What do I want to say? What's a really good word? Stupid. That's a good one. It's a misunderstanding of how to fundamentally help people train their minds to see clearly. To, so to set up some kind of standard where just the people who have a good memory can, can pass the test. And that doesn't mean they know anything about what's happening. They just remember everything. 
So it, what is that about? It's about control and it's about being able to give you a degree, but not you. When, and when the whole idea of degrees is a misunderstanding. I'm sure you've noticed that you can't just teach in a university because you know you know something about the material. You have to have a credential. And I'm sure you've all, any of you have had an, been in education at all, realize that there are a lot of people that are, have all kinds of degrees and all kinds of credentials that really can't teach what they're supposed to They have the degree and they have the credential, so they get paid uh, to do that. And then you're, then you have to live with that. Don't misunderstand. I'm not impugning anybody's education or degrees. I'm just saying, it's not pretty, not as dependable as I like to make out. Well, if you have the degree on your wall, then certificate, then that must mean, no, it doesn't. I don't, I don't have any degrees. Look how smart I am. Jeez. I don't see too many smiles, mostly frowns. <laughs> I'm just saying you could consider that. You could consider it. The testing thing actually gets in the way of it because the the people who give it, are giving the test want to control it and they want to evaluate if what they're teaching you is working by testing your what your memory. Why do they test your memory? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they just not test you and just train you? That's why I say when people come and study the Dharma in our study groups, which uh, some of you people join that, some don't, but some do, is you don't have to learn. You don't have to understand what you're studying. It's just a misunderstanding. It's to set up a standard for 10 people, 15 people, 100 people. This is what it means to learn this. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. I'm not saying you couldn't have a subject. But to confine people with there's only one way this can be understood. Not a good idea to do that. It's not fundamentally helpful. It doesn't, it doesn't actually acknowledge our incredible intelligence as human beings. And especially really respect the way different people's intelligence shows up differently. Any of you who have children, especially if you have several of them, notice how much different the intelligence shows up in each child. Completely different ways. Some children are don't do well in school, but are extremely their their deep understanding is not so strong. It's being process. Okay, I've done enough scolding. <laughs> now I'll answer some questions if you have them. Junchu Valley. Yes, Junchu. You said we need to respond to everything. Yes. How do we do a situation when our anger has put a lot of distance between <clears throat> us and that situation? Silence. Silence is a response. Silence. Don't if 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 I'm understanding what you're asking me, don't do anything. Drop your gaze. Uh, uh, relate relate to the the anger. If, uh, if I'm 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 assuming you're talking about anger that you would feel, and how do you relate to that? Is that what you're saying? The situation when anger arises and separates us from that. Yeah. Dr drop your gaze. Drop your gaze slightly. Be very aware of your of, of your body position, and feel the anger. Don't abandon the anger for what caused it, please, because what caused it is very, very limited. the The depth of the causes of that anger uh, goes 
it, it's it just goes on forever. We've talked about this sub what? So it's not it's not like your mom caused your anger or this person acting a certain way caused you to be angry. I'm not saying it didn't trigger it, but the anger is yours. Excuse me, in the in the sense that there's a solid being, but even in the sense that there's a discontinuous being, it's still it's still your uh, the the very uh, um, aspect of consciousness is inquiring here and asking asking me about this that that aspect of consciousness that so-called centrality of the consciousness that shows up as a self that's the area and so what i'm saying do it do it with your body stay 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 embodied and if you can without uh without a lot of uh, uh shackles on yourself um don't you know change your posture slow things down so you don't uh, stare daggers into someone or point fingers or bark at them. In other words, uh, you're, you're responsible for those feelings. Those are, those are your feelings. Uh, the, the person that might've triggered that may not, or the situation that, may, that triggered it may not be that at all. It may just, just be the trigger action of it. So go, let's go deeper. If you want to go deeper in that, be more specific. Put, put me on the spot. I don't mean make it impossible for me to talk, but you can ask me anything you want, and I'll do my best to respond in a way that possibly can help you. James, you're going. How is seeing the dependent as a nature of something different from seeing why it's happening? So the why it's happening is uh, is short sighted. In other words, you just see the the somebody said something or did something or something happened that triggered. In other words, resonated the particular frequency of that resonated with areas in your consciousness that you have locked down on and shut down on. It's one way of uh, uh, looking at it. Whereas a sitting practice of meditation, that area starts to loosen up, and eventually, if you watch what moves. Eventually, that very hidden aspect of the consciousness, sometimes called uh, uh, in the in the Buddhist tradition, is uh, the alayavijnana or the hidden area of the consciousness, that storage area where things are stuffed. And so, the other aspect of your ca- uh, question was, uh, how does that help? Uh, and what was the other part of it? You're not going to pass the test if you don't remember that. <laughs> seeing dependent origination is different from seeing why something's happening. Yeah, so seeing that things are dependently uh, originated, uh, using that concept, you begin to see that, like, kind of a simple example I'm using here, where did this come from? Where did the hands come from? There's so many things, any, any occurrence, that one, has so many as it says in the sutra, uh, tributary streams flowing through the darkness. You can't trace those down. You can't find all the little tiny bits and pieces of causation that any one given event or situation. It's just too elaborate. But what the what the ego mind does is to is to t- tune in on something and just make it seem like one thing. It's like one solid person. 
like one solid situation or the anger you're feeling be one solid thing that you've got to either get rid of. You've got to find out what caused it rather than just see that it's a, uh, it's just energy. If you see what this is, if you see who this is and you begin to see what that is, then uh, you've heard me say this before. You won't care how you feel. You can, you, you are completely fine with any kind of causes and conditions that run through your mind stream as anger, irritation, you're no longer, it's not that you're not, uh, don't have some kind of triggering still going on, but it can't find that emotion cannot find a being who is, uh, who is voting for that. I can't find a being that agrees. I'm having that. I'm angry. It's possible to, for anger to show up without, uh, someone who's angry. The identity part is, is a misunderstanding. It's a mistaken identity that there's a solid being who's having those feelings or that idea. And that's what keeps it tumbling around, that the being does not want that. Or the being, uh, maybe the being doesn't want it, but the being wants to know why it's happening, see if we can blame somebody or something. And it's not that you couldn't find causes and conditions that would um, that would show up as, a, as a, uh, lots of different causes for that, but, but tracing that down is not going to help particularly. It would just show you how complicated, it would show you dependent origination. But if you see dependent, dependent origination, then you realize that your even your identity, even the ego part of it, is just it's just part of dependent origination. So there's no the singularity of things uh, is it, it is lost in the in the multiplicity. It's like suddenly you realize you're like a little piece of sand in the middle of the of the Gobi Desert, or maybe maybe the Mojave. You find it you're just like a a little dot. You're there. There's somebody. There's something, but you're, it's like you're, you're nobody from the point of view of any kind of relative situation. There's a question on YouTube from Robert Switek. Robert. He asks, is there a texture to deeper causality that can be observed or received related to present circumstance when emotions arise? Yes. I I feel that there is. I just think it takes it takes. Uh, it's not going to happen in three days or three years. It takes uh, a determination uh, to do this, and and it's it's so much easier just not to do it, and just distract yourself with something else to do with your life. The the issue or the problem with that is because everything is on is there are times there are one whole period of your life, maybe three or four weeks or three or four years or. 10 years where things are going pretty good. Everything's going really well. And then suddenly everything starts to come apart just because of dependent origination and because everything is happening in, in a cyclic way, like the phases of the moon. Some people are extremely sensitive to the phases of the moon. I know people, I have students who are very sensitive to that. They could probably tell you which phase the moon is in. They're that sensitive to that. Does this mean... Uh, they're better than others or they're more, more this, more that. No, it just means that there is so much going on. There is, it is so complicated. So the sooner uh, the capital, was it S? Yeah. The sooner you can find out who you are, the sooner all of this uh, will begin to settle down and you'll be able to what? Enjoy your life. Enjoy what this is. If you want to be happy, take care of others. Anna, if 
bowing. Um, can yes, you talk I'm... about guilt in in terms of everything that we're talking about? The feelings of guilt. What is that? Yeah. So guilt is just a uh, just as a particular way that uh, self centeredness works. Uh, feeling like you're you did something and you feel guilty, or you feel ashamed, or you feel uh, like you're not worth anything, or you did something wrong, or or you showed up. Some people feel guilty, don't even know why. They just feel ashamed. They can't they can't function, and they don't they can't find a source for it. They might like to find the source, and chances are the source for that would still be uh, not not something operable, and and that they can actually remove it. So it's just a it's just a, a feeling like uh, you did something or something happened. The opposite end of guilt would be uh, pride, would be, you know, never guilty. We all have examples in our society of people who are totally never, ever going to feel guilty about anything. They are so full of themselves. But that won't last. Death comes without warning. And that's going down. That The structure that holds that together is the body-mind complex and the particular karma that shows up behind that, the cause of which, the causes and conditions. You might as well have the... Uh, the, the branches and roots of every tree that uh, has ever grown. There's that many different things coming together to form this one situation of, I feel guilty. So it's, it's dependently arisen. There's no, there's no one who's guilty. Uh, that doesn't mean there isn't guilt. So I would say rather than operate uh, on trying to get rid of guilt or cover up guilt or be a person who's not guilty, that just generates more activity around sub, sub supporting the, the primary illusion or which is mistaken identity, thinking there is someone who can get rid of guilt or not feel guilty anymore or feel more pride or more or more self-esteem. A lot of psychologists, therapists and so on, they're not wrong. Sometimes that's the only kind of help that people are ready for. But this kind of uh, so-called, if I may call it that help as training your mind is to see that there is no there is no person. Junchu. It's not that there isn't something there, but it's not a And so therefore, the, the guilt that has dependently arisen may come and go. And it may come, you may, you may continue to have guilt, uh, not that you have it, because you're asking a question, or I may continue to have guilt or be ashamed of something for the rest of my life. But there's no person who is culpable. There's no fundamental, there's no singularity called a culprit. If you think there is, then you'll not only torture others, but you'll torture yourself maybe inadvertently. Whole society is doing that. We're really, really mean to each other. Other question, Anna? Um, no, I think that answers it. I think why I ask uh, in this context is because, especially when we talk about just not blaming instead of the concept of forgiving, it feels mm -hmm. that... Um, this idea of nobody being guilty, which I fundamentally believe, at least I think I do. Okay. Sometimes my ego thought is, do I only feel that way to guarantee that I am also not possible, uh -huh. not possibly yeah. guilty, but I guess yeah. that's okay. <laughs> well, let me address what you said. Uh, I, if you've heard me talk very much, you'll, you might recall, or maybe, or maybe not, but I don't, uh, I don't uh, recommend that you forgive anybody. Uh, what I would recommend is don't blame anybody. And then you'll have to forgive anybody. Don't blame them. If you're, if you're blaming somebody, don't forgive them. Just retract the, the blame because they, they aren't fundamentally to blame. It's not that they didn't stab somebody or, or steal your, uh, 
your silverware or something like that. So there's a relative blame happening there, but but it's good to reify the culprit and reify the wonderful person that you are or I am. How wonderful are well, you know, I carried that around for a long time. Finally, I just forgive them and I just feel so much better. Well, I just, you know, to use a strong word there, I think that's uh, uh, wrong. You thought I was going to say bullshit, didn't you? <laughs> I guess I don't know you after all. No, you don't. <laughs> I was <waiting> for it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for the question. Any any further questions would be good if you have them. We have, we're kind of out of time somewhat, but not really. We can go another few minutes. If I'm all about questions. So if you have them, uh, when when this is over with, I'll go somewhere and, and fall over. But right now, I'm all about answering your questions if you have them, especially about anything what, what Anna was talking about, about guilt or, respond, or uh, forgiveness. That's a very interesting area. And I have some very strong... Uh, possibly unpopular approaches to that. Thank you, Bowing. There are a few questions on YouTube. Okay. One from Domino. He asks, is it a spy operation to reveal snakes in the grass? Hmm. That sounds, that's very esoteric. Okay, re read that again. Okay, is it a spy operation to reveal? Is that where can I read that? Let's see. Here it is. Uh, is it a spy sp spy op operation to reveal snake in in the grass cabal? Cabal is that on there? Hmm. You scroll up a little. It's more clear. It says. Is it a spy operation to reveal snakes in the grass as it is? Hmm. That's really, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what, what it is you want to know from me, but I would say, uh, based on what you say there, I would say, hmm, let's see, little snake in the grass, symbolic, let's see, spy is someone who peeks in. Operation is an actual process happening of the spy peeking into something, and it's into the grass, and there's a snake there. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> I'm glad I could solve that problem for you. Uh, and if there was some uh, other kind of esoteric structure behind that that I missed on that I should have come up with a more zenny answer, then help me with that. Further question? Shane in Virginia asks, Shane, how do I work with really bad lower back pain and sciatica and keep practicing and sitting? I can't sit in a chair. That's even worse. We'll find some place where you can, where you can hold still. And if that, if that happens to be on your side in bed or something like that, you could do that. You could do that. But if you can, if you have a, a compromise of a chronic pain or something. A lot of people have chronic pain. Pay attention to that. Don't force anything. But the stillness is what's important. Even if it's only for a short period, even if you only sit still for uh, a couple of minutes. And then when you sit still, watch what continues to move. Use the contrast of your body stillness to watch the movement of the mind. It'll become uh, more, um, it'll become sharper. You'll see more clearly what it is. 
when I say see more clearly what it is, you won't know what it is, but you'll see more clearly what it is. And what, what I mean by that, I use them. Uh, it's like seeing the shadow of something. Clearly, you clearly see that shadow. It may take you a while looking at that shadow to realize what is this shadow of. That takes a while. This, this is why it's called practice and it's called discipline. Sit down, hold still. Hold a, hold a form without being rigid or, or macho. Be very gentle. You could even say be, be uh, motherly about take care of yourself. There's no, all these macho meditations are just that. There's just too much control happening there. Not enough uh, consideration for the nature of the mind. Any final questions on there? Anna Maria Bowing. Go ahead, Anna Maria. Um, this morning I was reading um, the, the slogan, Drive All, All Blame Into One. Yes. And uh, I was thinking specifically about a situation which later that afternoon occurred, and um, and I, I kind of failed miserably at driving all blame into one. Huh. <laughs> so my, my, my question is, um, how do you accept the blame without reinforcing somebody else's delusion? <clears throat> Yeah. Um, and yeah. accountability. Don't worry about that. And or don't 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 worry. Let me step in, unless you're unless you're not finished, and I can I can wait. Go ahead. No, no. Don't don't worry about that. Don't don't be concerned uh, about what's ha what they do with that. That is their situation. What you can do is uh, receive the blame. This doesn't mean you you um, uh, you make a show of it. Or you particularly let them off the hook. It might. It's very situational. And if you're training your mind, and if you're working with your own mind, and you're watching your own mind stream without giving yourself a hard time, like adding on to the crap that's already flowing through there. Not that you're having crap. I'm just talking about my own situation. When I sit down and hold still, uh, everything's welcome. I, I'm no longer. I no longer am, am uh, uh, standing at the door checking uh, the ID if somebody wants to come in. Everybody's welcome. Every dragon comes in, every monster, every piece of shit is welcome. And why? If it arises, it you need to see that. Uh, my other way of saying it, I don't mean to, to see it, uh, you are to blame for anything, but you've got it coming. Uh, insofar, as far as it comes your way, this is, this is your life. Don't miss your life by shutting the door on things you let, uh, uh, object to or you think you don't deserve that or some of that kind of thing. And so when something comes up with there's a situation where you can actually say to somebody um, that that's uh, that looks like that's my responsibility. That might be all you have to say. And then they can be and they say, I don't know what you mean by that. Don't say anything else. Leave it at that. Let them work with it, because if they if they know it's really them, they won't be quite so sure what to say or what you're even up to. I'm not giving you some kind of protocol for how to work with this necessarily, but less is better. If you're going to drive all blames into one, there's not, there's no driver happening there. Just, uh, just be responsible for that. And that's going to show up differently with, depending on who it is. If it's a, a 12 year old uh, a person, or if it's uh, someone who's in their 
uh, 80s or or if it's someone who is your partner or someone who is your coworker or what whatever it's going to it's going to have a different kind of a situation but to understand that slogan drives all drive all blames into one well if you understand it and if you're a meditator if you're spending a lot of time training your mind to see clearly training your mind to uh, not not buy into your own self deception don't don't settle for any any anything you're looking at if it shows up as something Sounds suspicious to me. So, yeah, it, get, thank you. Yeah, yeah, good. You may, you may. Do you have a question? I saw something come up with your name, but maybe it went away. Okay, very good. We'll we'll close then, and the uh, uh, people in the monastery or the, the whoever's in the in the zendo can uh, we can dedicate the merit and and close for the evening. Thank you so much. Let us Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light.